Can I just say that during this week, uh, I was going through memory lane, and memory lane for me is um, this year my daughter, my eldest Hadassah, is graduating from high school. Yes, yes. When she gets a diploma, I get a diploma. Hello, somebody. Come on, um, family worship room. I know you're listening to me in overflow. Thank you for being here. My name is Diana Nepstad, and I am so glad to host you today for this um, presentation of what we're going to dive into today. But I just wanted to share with you a couple of memories. I was going down memory lane, as you heard, and my eldest, Hadassah, is going to graduate. And so, of course, we're opening family um, of photo albums, um, little books and scrapbooking books and little photographs that I kind of stored up in boxes and... Um, you know, when you have those photographs, you have those memories of, you know, the awe, the awe memories, and then those memories that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, the humiliating memories, but as you look back, they're not so, they're not so bad anymore. It's like hilarious memories, right? Okay, so you've heard a little bit of stories from Pastor Sean. This is the flip side today. <laughs> you're going to get to hear stories from a mama's perspective. And so um, if I could take you down memory lane with me, I had four, ba um, four girls under the age of two, okay? Let me do the math for you. I had a two-year-old, which was Hadassah, my middle child, Mariah, who was one at the time, just had her one-year birthday, and then twins. The day after I had Mariah's birthday, I birthed twins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pray for a mother. And pray for the dowry when they get married, Okay. Anyways, um, all of that to say is that we were in San Diego in a two-bedroom apartment, less than 800 square feet, and we had a triple stroller. I don't know if you knew that, but they do have that. And so I had a triple stroller and went on a leash. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's getting real today, real talk. Hashtag that, Okay. Anyways, um, to make a long story short, my husband was getting ready for work. He was bivocational, uh, serving the ministry and working a job, a full-time job. And so he um, got ready, hopped into his Honda Civic, and I'm still praying on that because I've been praying for that thing to burn. It hasn't happened yet. But then the Lord always keeps his promises, right? It will happen in my day, okay? So um, he hopped into his Honda Civic. And as he sat in there, he opened the sunroof and he extended his hand and he said, I love you with the universal sign of I love you to Hadassah. And so she was so excited. I was outside, neighbors outside. They're overseeing the balcony. Oh, so cute. Little daughters, you know, father, you know, just saying I love you. And so um, all of a sudden, Hadassah was looking at her hands and she wanted to express the same love and devotion to her daddy. So as she stood there, being two years old, she's trying to figure it out, and so she extended her hand and flipped her daddy off. <laughs> and I know, like many of you, you're thinking, which side of the family did that come from? <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I'm not confessing. <laughs> Another story, if I could take you down and fast forward to memory lane and and so um, I found myself in my van, and my husband and my four daughters went into Blockbuster Video. 
And so like every normal family, remember Blockbuster, VH tapes, VHS tapes? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I just showed my age. I'm okay with that. Yeah, 44 and strong, baby, okay? Holy Ghost. We call this Jesus, all right? Without Jesus, I can't, I, I, I don't know. So anyways, as we, as um, I was in the van, my daughters and my husband was in Blockbuster video. They sat in there and basically, you know, looking through the family aisle and as they're perusing, my daughters had a fascination with Princess Diaries. They love Princess Diaries. Remember that Disney movie? Such a great movie. And so my daughters, they were so excited. They were trying to find the title. And so they fell upon the title. They looked at it. And they screamed in, in a very quiet blockbuster in the afternoon on Friday. They screamed, Daddy, Daddy, we want to watch Princess Diarrhea. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. And so... Um, as we fast forward um, down memory lane, in that same episode, that same moment, um, uh, they went in line to purchase the video. And so um, if I could describe this moment to you, they were in line and someone was in front of them that was into, if I could say it this way, personal pharmaceuticals. And so <laughs> this person, I think, used their product, their whole product line that day. And so <laughs> my daughter was standing right there they, she was looking at her, at her daddy, looking around, looking at her daddy again, and lo and behold, yes, this happened. Like every young child, they kind of say what's on their mind. And so my daughter said, Daddy, why does it smell like skunk in here? <laughs> That's Pastor Sean's side of the family. So sons and daughters, happy Mother's Day to you, okay? We have those memories. We have those moments. Now, mom, make sure that you share them across the table with your sons and daughters. Believe me, they'll get a, a laugh out of their moments where they embarrass you. And then you'll get those laugh and moments where you haunt them for the rest of their lives. Yes, amen. No, I'm kidding. So if I could say this. Thank you for all the men in this room. If I could say this as a side note, because I'm not into male bashing, I want to know, and I want to let you know, thank you for standing alongside men. Thank you for standing alongside the women in your world, that you created a space and a margin for them to be elevated, for them to grow in their leadership, for them to have influence and favor, and to propel them into their future. Because we're doing this, girls, alongside men in our world. The employers, the employees that remember that gentleman or remember that person that gave you an opportunity when your spouse walked out on you and kind of gave you that space and place where you could get that moment and opportunity. Yeah, I remember some of your stories. And I remember some of you women that you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, do what you do alongside the men in your world. And some of us um, single parents, some of your employers that gave you an opportunity when you didn't have it. And so thank you, because without this, we wouldn't do what we do. And because the blessing of God is on both of us. It's not less than or more than. We're side by side, and we get to do this thing together. And so thank you for honoring us. Thank you for propelling us. 
Thank you for building us as we build you. Thank you for propelling us and building us in return. So thank you. And um, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to just dive into today's teaching. Today's teaching, um, last week, Pastor Sean opened the series of Colossians. And so Colossians is this, um, you know, kind of like this weird, strange letter in, found in the middle of the Bible. And I know many of us that have um, come to faith in Jesus that we don't know necessarily how to dive into the Bible. And I'm here to kind of break it down to you. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to break it down today. <laughs> break it down. <laughs> Just kidding. But then again, no. And as we, as we learn about God's word, I want you to walk away with a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of, oh, I never knew that. And so as we break it down for you, let's go ahead and open to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And it begins like this. It says, I want you to know how hard I have worked for you for the Christians in the city of Laodicea. And for those who have never seen me, may their hearts be given comfort. May they be brought close together in Christian love. And may they be rich in understanding and know God's secret. It is Christ himself. There is no other secret. And so he continues, in Christ are hidden all the riches of wisdom and understanding. And I tell you this, so no one will try to change your mind about Christ with big sounding talk. Even if I am far away from you, which he is telling from the first person account, I'm far away, I'm in jail, but I'm here with you in spirit. I am happy to learn how well you are getting along. It is good to hear that your faith is so strong in Christ. And so two things that you'll walk away learning from this talk today is this. The first thing I want you to write down is what was good enough to start you in your journey with Jesus is good enough to complete you in your journey with Jesus. Amen. What was good enough to start you here at Fellowship Church is good enough to complete you here at Fellowship Church. And so as you are diving into kind of like your journey in Jesus, most of us, we're kind of like starting off. Some of us are in the middle of the road. Some of us have maybe have a little more experience. But I'm here to share with you that when you have started your journey with Jesus, he didn't leave you shorthanded. He didn't leave you with a deleted account or uh, an overdrawn account. No, he left you with the fullness of his person, his body, his resurrection, the miracles, the presence of God, the spirit of God, and also how to journey through this life when you reach through hard times, how to push through, how to endure. And here, the apostle Paul who endured so much is explaining and expressing his heart to those who are new to the faith. And so those who are coming through here, I want you to know that this um, Paul that I speak of, he's kind of like my spiritual boyfriend. If I could share with you, this is Paul, Paul the Apostle Paul, who hated Christians, who had a warrant out for Christians. He would jail men, women, children, throw them in jail. Some of them, he had them murdered. But all of a sudden, in the journey of doing this, he encountered Jesus. He's the original OG, so to speak. And so here he has an encounter with Jesus, and then he has this life change, and now he's one of the Christians that he used to persecute. 
Now he's on the road telling about his story, sharing the life of Jesus with whomever he would meet, and he would encounter young gentlemen who happens to be one of the church planters of this little church that is starting to grow, flourish, thrive, and see so many people come to faith in Jesus. And so now he's um, weathering some tough pains. Now you could find Paul maybe in the middle of a story if you, you know, go and do a little history lesson on his life. He would be the kind of guy that would go through UC Berkeley, go on campus, preach the gospel, only to be thrown out of the city, and then dust himself off, come back into the city, and do it right over again. He's that kind of guy. He's my kind of crazy. And so you see here Paul, in one of the episodes, he's jailed. Now he's beginning to go, get closer to his execution for his faith in Jesus. And he's writing this letter that would be shared in not only in Colossae, but also in Laodicea and in Ephesus, these little three cities. And I would like to call this, you know, these three cities as the East Bay region, so to speak. And so as we're looking at this, I want you to know that as you're journeying with Jesus, your simple and complete faith that you found in him, Paul is trying to scream from the letters and the words that he has written, your simple faith is enough. So let's dive in, okay? So what does Paul want us to know today? Paul wants us to know, number one, he struggles for our encouragement and unity. He struggles. He's pushing through. His life is a picture for these young believers that are finding their faith in Jesus that they can endure as well. You know, you're not doing this alone. You're not the only Christian on the block. You're not the only person that believes in Jesus. And so as we're looking at this, I want you to dive into Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And here Paul, he's expressing, you know what, you have so much noise around you and I'm trying to pierce through the noise. And he says this, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and to knit together with strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence. In other words, don't be insecure about your faith in Jesus, that they have, a, they have an understanding of God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lies all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In other words, Paul is saying, look, I'm up in the pen. I'm writing this letter for you. And as you're reading this, I want you to know I'm so proud of you. You're like my sons. You're my daughters. And I want the best for you. I want you to press through. I want you to grow in your love. I want you to be encouraged in your faith. And what you have is enough. In other words, don't be insecure about what you know, what little that you know, how much that you know, or how, how many years that you've walked in faith. I want you to know, young believers, you don't have to be insecure about your faith in Jesus. What you have is enough. And so as you're walking through this, I want you to, to write down, um, number two, everything you'll ever need is in Jesus. Everything that you'll ever need is in Jesus. In other words, he's your everything for everything. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Don't be extra. Don't be extra. Don't be extra. Don't get over the top. Don't try to add to your faith. Don't try to subtract from what you know. 
Don't be extra. And so Paul is saying here, you know, you've been, you've been growing in your faith. The culture that you have been planted in is thriving. You're growing. You're growing in your love. You're serving in your communities. And here Paul is saying, I'm so proud of you. But what's going on? I'm hearing that people that are coming in, they're disturbing your faith now. They're making you insecure about what you believe. And you're getting insecure about your walk and your journey with Jesus. And he's saying to those who are in the hearing of the audience, don't get extra on these young believers. Don't get extra and mess them up in their journey. I know what you know. I know that you have come from a different culture and background, but don't mess up these believers that are finding their faith and roots and their heart in a local church. So this is what he's saying. I want you to look into Colossians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, don't let anyone capture or impress you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. In other words, don't get extra. That come from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. And for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. The divine came down to earth, wrapped himself in flesh to show us a more excellent way, in other words. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. He who is the head over every ruler and authority. Paul is trying to draw the line for people who are walking into the culture of that local church. Jesus is the head. He shares no margin, no space with anybody else. He is God, the best, all by himself. He doesn't share any other wisdom, philosophy. He is the door. He is the ultimate door to wisdom, guidance, the supernatural, whatever it may be. He is who he is. And Paul is saying, what you received in Christ is enough. So as we continue to look at this, many of us have received the message of Jesus. And if I could share with you, when you received the message of Jesus, you received his body, you received his story, you, you received his life, you received his crucifixion, you received his resurrection, you received the tomb, you received the baptism, you received everything, but it's all in one person, and that is in Jesus Christ. So what you've received is enough. You don't have to be insecure whether you don't know or what you do know. You just need to know where you started is enough. And so as we're continuing, I want you to write down number three. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay stuck. Paul is saying, as we are walking through this journey of Paul's life, the original OG, he's saying, y'all are being extra. Quit messing with my kids. And as he's looking and peering into this situation, he's noticing some of the believers that are finding their faith in Christ. It's, they feel like they're a little insecure now. They're stumbling in their faith because they're listening to, oh, this person has a, a whole new teaching. Oh, this person thinks I, I need to know this. Oh, this person, uh, they're, they're telling me about, you know, this empty philosophy. And if I could share a little bit more, Paul had kind of contradicted and, and, and was in opposition with people such as these. So as you look at it into this little letter of Colossians, he's confronting this whole teaching of, you know, people coming to faith from a different culture, coming into, you know, the environment of that local church. 
And here these people are finding faith in Jesus too. However, they're saying to the new believers in that atmosphere, you know what? What you know, you know, that's okay. But you know what? You need to take it a step further. Let's, let's draw the sand, um, draw the line in the sand. You need to go get circumcised. So I'm happy to announce to you that today on Mother's Day, there's a two-for-one special. <laughs> For the price of one, we're going to have every two males go and get circumcised. And we have this garden area to our left. Exactly. Paul is saying, what? What are you doing? Paul is saying, what? What in the world? Why do you need that? Stop it, in other words. Stop messing with my kids. And on the flip coin of that, not only are these people coming in and introducing weird stuff, on the flip side, you have people that are into the mystical, not the supernatural, they're into the mystical. They're palm reading, psychic hotlines, and they're saying, you know what, I, I, I totally dig Jesus, but you also need to know that we could talk to the dead, really. And all of these young believers are kind of entangled in like sorcery, and, and they're getting to know witchcraft, and you know, what sign, are you a Taurus or a Capricorn, or um, oh, let's read palms, or let's get on the psychic hotline. Stop it, Paul's saying. Stop it. You're messing with my kids. And so as we're looking into this, these people are being extra. And so Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14. When you were stuck in your old sin, dead life, he's reminding them. You were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. You used to be like that. Why are you going back to that? He says, all your, forgive, your, your sins are forgiven. The slate was wiped clean. That old arrest warrant with your name on it was canceled and was nailed to Christ's cross. And so the old lust, the adulterous relationship, the lying, the, the old deception that you used to be acquainted with, that was canceled. Why go back and listen to all of these extra people that are trying to entangle in your faith and dupe you up and stumble you and then you get stuck. You're not growing in your relationship with Jesus. You're not growing in your knowledge in him. And he says, you know what? You people are getting extra on my kids. Stop it. And so as we continue, let's look even further. Number four, I want you to write down, don't alter Jesus. Don't alter Jesus. Paul is saying here in the letter, what you received, you need to remind yourself what you received in your faith. It's enough. It's enough. It got you started. It will complete you. But let me me show you how not to alter Jesus. Because of the dynamic of the city, all kinds of people are kind of walking into this local church and and they're, they're being a little extra. They're kind of, you know, um, coming into the environment, into the culture, and introducing a different culture of what they're used to, maybe at another church. Hello, somebody. And they're trying to bring it in here. You see, the value of the culture here is enough. And Paul is saying the same thing. Don't alter Jesus up in here. 
And so Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 through 19, he says this like a dad. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape. In other words, circumcision, punishing your body, and oh, you're so bad, and so you have to go repent. Go say a couple of Hail Marys, you know. Um, do whatever you can. You need to just beat yourself until you're nothing. Paul's saying, stop it. Don't listen to that, insisting that you join their obsession with the mystical angels and that you seek out visions. There are a lot of hot air, and that's all that they are. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, which is Christ. You found freedom in Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath, the presence of God, and the very blood that flow, flowed from his body, that took, and took a hold of our lives and wiped the mess of our lives clean. He says that blood flows through us now. He is the head and we are the body. In other words, we can grow up in God as he chooses, as he nourishes us, as he grows us. Who controls our growth? Jesus. Not a person, not people that are being extra, Jesus has control over your life. And so as a mama, you need to hear from me today. For many of you who call this fellowship church home, as sons and daughters of this house, what you received is enough. You found faith in Jesus in this environment. You love the environment of our laughter, our joy, the culture that we cultivated here at Fellowship Church. And what you received here is enough. It doesn't have to be extra. And let me help you even a step further. Stop listening to those who are kind of making you stumble in your faith. Just be released in the freedom of Christ. What the environment, the culture, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself is enough in your life. And he has control over your growth. So stop the shame, stop the blame, and just be released in freedom in Christ. And so as mamas in this house, they're so proud of the sons and daughters that are sitting around them. Sons and daughters, we're so proud of you that you would honor your moms today. And so if I can share this with you, the very thing that you can leave from here at Fellowship Church is this, just knowing one thing, through the letter of Colossians chapter 2, you can leave from here with my growing faith is enough. Your growing faith is enough. I want you to say to yourself, put your hand over your heart and say, Christ is enough for me. I want you to say it again. Christ is enough for me. What you received is enough. It's enough. It's enough. Stop the shaming. Stop the blaming. Stop the anonymous letters. Stop the emails. Stop it. Stop it. What you have in Christ is enough. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. It says this. 
And now, just as you accepted Christ, Jesus, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow deep down into him. And let your lives be built on him. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Paul is saying, just stick with the basics. Just stick with the basics of what you learned. Stick with his story. You don't have to add to your faith. You don't have to subtract from your faith. You don't have to listen to the extra people that are being extra. Just know your faith is enough. And through him, through his word, he will begin to unpack because he's the gift that keeps on giving. He will unpack himself in due season. What that means is he will unpack himself and reveal himself and show you different ways about him. But what you received here at Fellowship Church is enough. Maturity is a process, not an event. And as you grow in Jesus, you know, if I could illustrate it for you, 21, um, at the age of 23, that would be 21 years ago. Hello, 44. I'm okay with that. I look good too, okay? It's because of Jesus, all right? This, Jesus has this all together, okay? He's putting everything, spackle and all. I call it the Holy Spirit spackle, Okay? I'm just being real, all right? But I'm, I'm here to tell you, when I started my journey in Jesus at the age of 23, I came alive. My whole world changed. You know what that was like for you. I remember being in a theater and raising my hand when it was my turn to ask God to come into my life. And believe me, it was like he was a, a perfect gentleman overwhelmed me with his love. And as I walked with Jesus, I started learning how to pray. I was reading my Bible, getting into small groups, growing, going through a growth track, going through all of these dynamics of serving on a dream team. And 21 years later, I'm here. But that's not the end of my story. There's more years. Church plants. Seeing more people be affected by just Jesus' message. But the thing is, I had a beginning. And for some of us that are being a little extra, stop it. Be patient. Like you had a beginning, let them have a beginning too. And for some of you that are here on this side, I commend you. You're in the perfect place at the perfect time. God knows exactly what you need. It's a process. It's not a, ta-da, a major event. Maturity is a process. Say, I'm anointed. Not to be a micromanager. I'm anointed to follow Jesus. Don't micromanage people's lives. Release them in the hands of Jesus. Amen, somebody?
I love the culture that we get to develop here at Fellowship Church. I love that we get to laugh. How many of you like Pastor Sean's messages when he makes you laugh, hurts you in the gut? Yeah, I like it too. And, um, but the thing I don't like is when he uses me as his stories. I'll, I'll talk about that to him later. I know, huh? No, I'm kidding. But I'm just letting you know that the culture that we created here is enough. It's enough. God is the father of this house. We are under shepherds under his name, and this is what he's cultivating. And I'm telling you people that are being extra, stop it. But for some of you, many of you that call Fellowship Church home, you belong here. This is your home. I'm happy that you're growing here. I'm glad that you're here representing your families, bringing your moms along, honoring her. That's our culture. We honor one another. And because of what you received, that's what's attracting people in the community. Thankfulness, joy, serving, reaching out beyond these four walls. Why? Because that's what the Bible preaches. And what you received, it's enough. So go and have fun. Enjoy your families. And have the best Mother's Day ever, okay? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I know many of us in this room, I know this may be your first time or maybe you've been visiting a while and, and you've been enjoying, you know, just some of the teachings, the talks that come across this um, platform. But I, I would be so remiss if I didn't take an opportunity to talk to you. I used to be where you were, sitting in the back row or sitting on the sidelines in the shadows and, and hearing about the stories of Jesus. And one day, it just pricked my heart, and it opened my life to a cause for action, a moment, a step towards Jesus. And I know many of you that have walked into this atmosphere or into the double doors, you're like, I don't know what this atmosphere is going to be like. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're safe here. Your story is safe here. We're an honest community. We're an honest family. And I want you to know that you're welcomed here. And what you're feeling on your life and on your heart right now, that pull, that tug, that warmth, whatever you want to describe it, that's the Holy Spirit that's drawing you to take that brave step. And if God is speaking to you right now, I'm going to ask you to do the courageous thing. And when I, on the count of three, when I count to three, if you are that person that I'm speaking to, I want you to raise your hand to make a decision in a step towards Jesus. Because I know this is your day. This is your day for a life change. Let's put feet to that decision, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Just go ahead and raise your hands. Raise your hands and, and acknowledge. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you so much. Go ahead and put your hands down. I acknowledge you. I see you. You are not invisible to, to my eyes. But let me tell you, you're not invisible in Christ's eyes. He's seeing you. And it's the first step. That's all. What you did was a brave moment. 
And so everyone in this room, just go ahead and pray along with me, just so I can encourage, encourage those who have raised their hands. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Give me a fresh start. Wipe my slate clean. Come into my life and begin the renovation process. Change me. Mold me. And Lord, I give you all of my days to you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty, strong name. And all God's people say amen. Thank you.